Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there, thanks for joining me on another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. I don't know about your kids, but every night at bedtime, my kids go from rambunctious little balls of energy to inquiring philosophers that absolutely need to know the answers to the world's burning questions before they can drift off to sleep. And lately, all of those questions have been related to Christmas. Mom, what does Santa feed the reindeer? Does he really watch us when we're sleeping? Why is it so quiet out when the snow falls? Can I have a candy cane? Why not? What about can I have it for breakfast? You know, the usual. But the other night, as we were settling in before their first wrestling match of the season, my oldest said he was feeling nervous about the whole ordeal. He wasn't sure what to expect, or if he would do well, or how long the whole event would be, and he was starting to worry. Out of nowhere, my six-year-old says, well, ask your guardian angel to scope out the place before you get there. Then you won't be so scared. That's actually a really great idea, I thought. So we did. And then for the next 20 minutes, I did my best to answer all their angel questions instead of them actually going to sleep like they said they would. But it got me thinking about the role of angels in our lives, our guardian angels to be specific, and how we often forget that they're actually with us all the time. They're the ones watching us when we're sleeping and helping us to get on the nice list, if you think about it. So today, I'm chatting with Sister Geraldine Schmidt of the Sisters of Christian Charity about all things angels and how we can actually foster a relationship with ours. Sister Geraldine, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and I'm really excited today. This has come up a lot in my conversations with my kids, as well as things that I've seen on the internet. So I figured let's talk about it. I'm just going to lead off the bat with it. Are angels real? And if so, what are they? Yes, they are real. (laughs) Um, Part of our faith talks about things, a lot of our faith, most of our faith talks about things we can't see, can't, or can't touch, or can't smell. Angels are the, are pure spirits. Um, They're real. They're, they are a created entity by God, um, and they have a specific mission. And uh, from what the people who study these things, Every angel is a different species. Hmm. So you can have a really tiny angel, but powerful or really majestic and, and um, different type of an angel then. But they are real and they are scriptural. So, yeah, which is really amazing. And everybody has has a guardian angel. So and it's part of the Advent story as well. Right, right. If angels are created by God and we're created by God, we have free will. Does that mean... The angels have free will like we do? Or what about like like intellect? Oh, they're much more intelligent than us. As see, 
we're our because of sin, our we our vision, our understanding has been clouded. I mean, when you talk, when you look at Genesis, you know, during the breezy time of the day, Adam and Eve walked together with God. They spoke to Him face to face, and then they screwed up. <laughs> and because they screwed up, we're affected by that. Um, so angels are are because they're pure spirit. They're much more intelligent. They have a, a free will, and they can see the effects of their actions. They can understand the effects of their actions. So demons in Lucifer was an archangel, you know, who went basically went to God and decided um, whatever that test was, that, that they turned their, their backs to God, so to speak, because they don't have a back, but, but um, turned away from God. However, that was tested. We don't really know. Um, theologians seem to think... God revealed to the angels that he would become flesh and they couldn't handle that. Mm -hmm. And those that couldn't handle the fact that um, he would become a human being, which is a less of a being than an angel, um, they became the Satan and the demons that prowl the face of the earth. So that's what we refer to as fallen angels. Correct. That's so fascinating. I I, I I always think it's fascinating that God gives us these these tests and he doesn't just give them to us he also gives them to angels as well they're created spirits so i mean they're created mm-hmm. so yeah huh so you mentioned that lucifer at one point was an archangel um what are archangels like what's their job versus a, a regular angel so from what from what theologians speak about there are what they call choirs of angels. You've heard that term. Mm-hmm. And every choir, of an, and I don't have them in my pa- down pat, but Archangel is one of those choirs, one of those groups of angels. And they're like, there's a hierarchy of angels. Archangels are above angels, which is the lo- like guardian angels are the lowest. They're the, they're the pawns. They're the soldiers on the ground type of thing. And they go up to the highest choir, which is seraphims. And that's also scripture scripturally as well. Right. Cherubims. Yeah. And cherubims and seraphims and all those powers and yeah, all those nice things. Yeah. So if a guardian angel is kind of the the low, like saying that they're the lowest on the totem pole is probably not a fair statement because I mean, they're still. According to the hierarchy that we've proposed. Yeah. I put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and who is a human being? so so then so then what is a guard like i mean i'm sure most of the people listening to this have an idea of what a a guardian angel is but can you can you elaborate on it a little bit more like what is their is their job literally just to stand next to me and like make sure i don't put my hand in the fire no well they they do they do do that Mm -hmm. okay no they are angels are messengers okay and one of the jobs of our guardian angels to besides to protect us and poke us when we need to be rattled. Um, but they take our prayers that we say and put them in front of the, the throne of God. You know, there's a vision. Um, uh, uh, Isaac saw angels going a- ascending and descending on his big long ladder. That's a human vision of, of what that's like angels going up to heaven 
with their prayer with the prayers of human beings to God. So like hold the holy postal service kind of kind of yeah <laughs> I didn't never thought of it that way yeah. but that's just that's just one of their jobs you know um angels can see and I use the word see in quotes because you can't see the quotation marks <laughs> by fingers because I'm we're, we're we're a on the radio, yeah. <laughs> we're a podcast okay but angels c- can see and understand heaven and God the way we can't so you know they the old verbiage, oh, you could have a VA. They're the ones that poke us t- to a deeper understanding, a deep in, a deeper perspective of something. Interesting. Is there any mention of guardian angels in scripture or where did this kind of concept originate from? Uh, that's all theologians who do, who do those things, who put like to put thing, God in little tiny boxes. But um there are mentions of angels in scripture. We find them perfect story of angels all in Advent. Gabriel going, coming to Mary, you know, Joseph getting an angel in his dream, probably Gabriel. Um, but angels galore, like the, the angels were present to the shepherds singing, holy, 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 which is what we echo every time we go to mass. Um, like angels all around. And besides that, we we see it in Psalms, Psalm one forty eight. It's the angels praise the Lord. So part of the angels' job is to give praise, just like a human gives praise. Ours is more babble, I'm sure, um, baby talk than what an angel, how an angel worships God. But um, uh, they they worship God as well. Angels are all all through Revelation, all through Daniel, like. All over the place. So, yeah, it's they are rooted in Scripture. So it, there's a lot of um, history behind angels, per se. That's true. That's They're, they're kind of just ever-present all throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've seen floating about on the Catholic interweb um, is about names for angels. Um, and we, we know the names of the three of the archangels, like Gabriel and Michael um, Raphael. and Raphael. But it's been suggested that trying to find out the name of your guardian angel is not recommended. Is that true? And why why shouldn't we? Well, I've heard I've heard that, and the reason there's a reason for it why we shouldn't name our angels, um, and that's because like a parent will name their child because they have, in a sense, authority over them. You know, as a teacher, I, when I knew the kids' names, I had great authority over them like the first 10 minutes of the first day of school i can memorize lists and i memorize the kids names where they sat in so god forbid if they ever moved around they would be their wrong name and i would wouldn't even catch it but so naming something and knowing their name means that you have authority over them we can never have authority over angels angels are pure spirits however and this is 100% Sister Geraldin. There's nothing to, if you have a relationship with somebody, there's nothing to, that prevents you from giving them a nickname, mm. a love name. You know, um, that just, rather than my angel or hey you, like we, as human beings, we name things, you know. Um, I follow somebody who is a, was a uh, marketing went from marketing to uh, a farmer 
and he names all his, he's a poultry farmer, he names all his chickens and his cows. This is something that we do. Do I have a nickname for my angel? Yes, I do. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, it's a nickname. It's not a name. It's because I don't have authority over over my angel. He's authority over me. Mm-hmm. I don't have authority over him. I love that because, like, like, especially, like, even with my kids, like, I have nicknames with my kids. I have nicknames for my cats. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a, like a, like a love note, like a love ode. Mm-hmm. So then why is it revealed to us what the archangel's names are? Like, what, they reveal themselves them? who they are, who they oh, were. Oh, okay. Gabriel said, I'm Gabriel yeah. <laughs> to Mary, well, yeah. <laughs> you know? So if they tell you, it's okay. <laughs> Raphael said, I am Raphael, you know, in, in the book of, to- of Tobit. Um, and that that's a great story about Raphael's ministry of healing uh, as an archangel. Uh, and because that's what the whole book of Tobit's all about, him coming to earth to heal individual people. And there were several in, in that book, um, uh, which is fabulous. And then in Revelations about Michael and, and the fight against the good angels and the bad angel and, and the demons and that whole. And he was one of the commander in chiefs of that fight. In the, in the book of revelations so their names have been given to us mm. um that's different got it versus us assigning something correct to i gotcha i gotcha earlier you mentioned that our angel is um can act as an intercessor mm-hmm. for us how do we ask for intercession from our angel do we do it like we do the saint? like i know you can pray a, a novena to a saint or you can ask, say a specific prayer asking for intercession from a saint how does that work with our angels? With Same our way, angels. Same way. You know, it. It's a we. You begin relationship with somebody by talking to them. Let me, in some way, let me know that you're present. Let me let me feel your presence. It's like, you know, when you the phone rings and you pick it up without ever hearing the voice, you know who who's on the other line. It's the same way with our angels. He's present. They're present all the time. Um, they're often said that dogs and children see them. I'm a firm believer of that. I went to visit a, a friend of mine who was dying and her, her death was very prolonged. And she asked me to come visit to prepare for her for the birth of her into heavenly life. And the first time I walked into after she was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, her dog went nuts <laughs> when I walked into, into the house and he wasn't barking at me. He was barking to my right. And it would, like, no matter, I got down on on my hands and knees and and he would sniff me and then go back to barking. Like, and I said, my, my, my nickname of my uh, angel is Absalom, bringer of peace. I said, Abby, go in the car, please. The dog stopped. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> Completely, utterly, uh, right? And my friend's like, Wow, I went. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, which is which is pretty pretty impressive. And then I don't even know why, but I was having a conversation in prayer with my angel leaving church one Sunday. Don't even know what I was talking about with to him. And a four year old come bopping up at me and said, "Sister, sister, did you know your angel standing behind you?" And I've never seen an angel that is that tall. He is huge. Okay, and his mother thought I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, good little boy, you know. And I firmly believe it. 
because he's made himself known to me several times. And he is a formidable size. <laughs> I love that kids, kids and dogs, Alfred Hitchcock always used to say that kids and dogs, you know, especially in like cinema, they always know first. But it's so true in real life as well. Like I, some of the things that come out of my kids' mouths are like, you're like, ha ha ha, that's grand, That's hilarious. But then other times they're like really speaking truth that they they are perceptive enough that it's something that we've kind of closed off as we've gotten mm-hmm. older it it sounds like you have a, a really fantastic relationship with your angel oh i do and it's something that like i mean speaking from personal experience i don't know about any of our listeners but i almost forget that i have a guardian angel until like there's like a little wink of like you know m- maybe at an intersection where, you know, another car is coming and we almost get hit. And I'm like, oh, somebody was really looking out for me there. But how do we, you mentioned it's like a, it's a relationship like mm-hmm. you would have with another physical person. So how do we foster a relationship with somebody that we can't see with our angel? Well, you pray to him and say, make yourself known to me in a way that I can understand. There's the caveat. Mm-hmm. They're on, they are present to us, but often we're close to it. And sometimes um, we have to be open. We have to be open. But by asking for that way, be present to me in a way that I can understand, you're opening up yourself to something that's not tangible with our senses, as something otherworldly. And he makes himself, they make themselves known. Perfect. Another story, terrible stories, <laughs> but another story. Um, I was I uh, was going grocery shopping, okay, and it was um, I was very excited to uh, uh, to thinking about my sister. We were going out to lunch or breakfast the next day, and I was very excited about it. And for some reason, I have no idea that her angel, um, which she's nicknamed Raphael, no Baltazar, sorry Baltazar, and um, Baltazar, according to her, is a character. And I said, oh, really? How so? He goes, you know, a guy who would roll up the cigarettes in his his T-shirt or or hang leans against the wall with the cigarettes out of his lips. That's Baltazar. (laughs) It's like, what? It's like so my sister Lisa would go say, "Um, I need your help. And Balt is like, what? What? What did you say? Oh, here. Done. <laughs> like minimal. Yeah. <laughs> you, just like, like uh, yeah. Waiting like, for the next uh, one. Yeah. yeah. Just a, a real character. Okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking about Baltazar and, and, and as I'm emptying out the car and, and praying for um for her as I was doing that. And I I was just tired of sh- of standing on my feet and shopping. And a and a woman, okay, tattooed and pierced, long hair. Smoking a cigarette. Like, how many people do you see smoking a cigarette in a grocery store, in a parking lot of a grocery store? This is the first time. Yeah. Right? The cigarette was actually dangling from her mouth. <laughs> right? Right? And as she was speaking to me, um, it was b- bopping up and down. She's like, can I return your cart for you? And I was like, Sure. <laughs> Am I saying that I saw her angel? No, but it, that was too co- coincidental. Right. <laughs> and, 
And I'm one of those people, I don't really believe in coincidences. I always think coincidences are little miracles where God decides to remain anonymous. Yeah. That's my favorite, my favorite but thought. Why not? Yeah. I mean, when you think of heaven is only a breath away, just because we don't see it with our eyes or hear it with our, our ears and can touch it doesn't mean that they're present. Right. Because we're so focused. We always have like tunnel vision on like what is directly like what what we can see what we can touch mm -hmm. and we forget that there's a whole mm -hmm. other plane of existence if you mm -hmm. want to get like super super into it but i want to go back to something that you said earlier because i've had enough interviews with father zeta when you ask your angel to reveal himself to you in a way that you would understand how do you see my big fear is that i'd be opening a door for anything to come in is that possible or? It is, but <laughs> your angel is, okay, angels would never show you or reveal themselves to you that is not of God. Mm. Okay, number one. Number two, um, could a demon do that? Sure. Um, but the work of the angel is to bring you closer to God. The work of a demon is to, to give you, to give you unpeace, to give you unjoy, to fill you with fear. That's not of God. To, you know, spiritual warfare is, is definitely a thing. And the closer you get to God, the stronger the spiritual warfare becomes. Okay? But as you pray to your angel and really be begin to know your angel, because I'm not going to say him or her because it's, there's pure right, spirits. right. You get to understand their touch and their presence, which is not of now. Can demons make pretend pretend that sure, but again, is this bringing closer to God or further away from God? Is this deepens my love for God, my love for human being, or makes me the center of the world? That's a constant discernment that you have to totally judged by hmm that's a that's a really great that's a really great point so it's kind of like if it brings you peace then it's probably something good true peace true peace not peace like i'm super fantastic that's <laughs> no that's you know that's that's pride right right so another question that's not on here but it just popped into my mind if we can foster a relationship with our guardian angel, can we ask for the intercession of somebody else's guardian angel for that person? Oh, like say 100%. like my husband or my kids. I send my, in fact, this was really even funnier. Uh, I had a, a college buddy. This is way back when I was in college, before I entered college buddy who wasn't Catholic and didn't believe in angels. And I said, I will prove it to you. And I prayed to my angel to make her believe. I have no idea what he did. He, she would never tell me. But he was, she was on her case. And about three weeks later, she called me up and said, get him off. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. Get him off. And it's amazing because like that experience for her began the process of her coming into um, the church, which is, and she's still not Catholic, but she became baptized and she became um, a Christian because of that, that one experience. Hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. And I always, I send to her, I always, uh, I often send him to her and 
say go go rattle Robin's cage, and <laughs> right within within a week, Robin's on the phone with me. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool, and I love that you have such a such a close relationship with your angel. It's something that we can like really strive for because they're they're always with us. Mm-hmm. We, we never have to, especially on those moments like where we feel like we're absolutely alone and isolated. We're never really alone. Nope. nope. They were not. They're right there. I love that. I'm going to have to start asking for my kids. My kids are in uh, wrestling this year for the first time and they, um, they had their first tournament and they were pretty nervous, but now that I know that we can ask for our guardian angels to kind of like go ahead of them and like make sure that, that they're well, going to have your fun. angel to, pray, to to give their angel a, p- a poke. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. Hey, wake yeah. them up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, sister, this was awesome. I love learning about stuff like this and, and it does give you this sense of like, like we said, like you're never really alone mm-hmm. and it's a relationship that you can foster just like you would foster you know, and ask for intercession from a saint. You have somebody like literally walking next to you this whole time that you can talk to. So, and, and they're they respect your free will as well. So they will not make themselves known unless you want them to to do that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's all it's all one thing. The, the free will, the free will thing that God has given us is is very powerful. Right. And they respect totally. They respect that. That's so. You know, do they? Do you sadden them when you don't ignore? When you ignore them, or they they poke you something and you ignore it? Sadden is a human emotion, but they don't see. They can see and sense that you're not following what God wants you to do. Hmm. Now, do they get sad? I don't know. That's a human. That's a human word, but. But that could explain like sometimes when you feel like you're on the wrong path or like, is this something? Oh, I'm really that's the angel. It's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> red flag, red flag. <laughs> Here's your two by four. Yeah. Whack. <laughs> I love that. Well, Sister Jarlin, as always, this was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your insight. And I hope that some new relationships are sparked because of this episode. I hope so too, especially in the season of Advent. Yes, absolutely. Angels abound at all, you know? I mean, after, was it? It's a wonderful life, whatever a bell rings. Oh, yes, <laughs> an angel gets its wings. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, The easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.